Welcome everyone to the Uppy and Stash podcast. I'm your host Uppy, as always. And today I got to leave the house. Uh, I stayed in Modesto, thankfully. I'm here at Desert Fox Brewing at 400 I Street. And I'm here with Luke and Megan. Um, Hi. You're not just... (laughs) Hi, Megan. You're not just owners. Uh, What are your official titles? I know you have official titles. We do. Um, We named ourselves, I guess. We we are owners, first and foremost. We are co-owners, 50-50. I am, I am Luke. I am the lead brewer, uh, which means that I file paperwork and make sure that we don't get shut down. And I am Megan, and I am technically the cellar master, which means I get to babysit yeast all day. Well, you do more than that. Well, I like to think of it as just watching yeast have sex. So, so after... It's a weird kind of porn, it sounds that's like. That's right. Yeah. Um, after the hot side, everything on the hot side, if I'm lucky enough to take care of, I do. Uh, Megan usually sometimes steps up and takes care of that too. But usually everything on the hot side, I take care of. Everything on the cold side, Megan takes care of from uh, yeast propagation to, to yeast starters all the way through kegging and fermentation. Right. It's fun. Yeah. Yes. So I don't, I would normally ask this question every time I had a brewery and I can't ask Megan. Megan doesn't drink. But Luke, uh, as an icebreaker to our audience, what's your favorite kind of style of beer? It's a hard question. I get asked that a lot. Um, I'd, I'd have to say the closest to style, the one that is closest to style that's in front of me. Mm. So, so, so I'm huge on brewing to style. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love the creativity and, and branching out and playing and, and um, seeing how, how we can push the envelope, and I, I love breweries that do that. I like to brew as closely to style as I possibly can. So I guess my favorite style, I don't know, it's hard. It changes throughout the seasons. Uh, right now I'm drinking our IPA. It's my favorite beer right now. Um, <laughs> that might change in a week when I'm drinking the stout. I don't know, man. It just depends <laughs> on, on uh, I guess, the best brewed beer that fits within that style. I'd like a chance at answering that question, though. Go yeah, for it. Even though I don't drink anymore. Mine's more of a nostalgic aspect of it. Um, we spent a couple of years in Europe, and <laughs> I think of not necessarily Heineken, but just a really nice lager. Um, it makes me think of home, really. And um, there's just a nice crispiness, uh, great clean aspect to it from a lot of beers around here that you really don't get, and it just makes me feel like I'm home. There you go. I like it. Thank you. And it sounds like uh, Luke, very much a traditionalist. Like, yeah, th- this is how this is intended to be, and let's perfect what it's intended to be. Well, um, yeah. As an artist, I I get where people might criticize that and go, "Oh, you don't branch out." That's not true. Um, I believe that if I'm if I'm going to attack a style, for instance, a, an IPA. I want to shoot as close to the middle of the style as I can get. That's my challenge. Um, but I still really do appreciate those who branch out and, and put out really cool, interesting products. And not saying that's, I'm afraid to do that. It's just not where my passion lies. You know, somebody wrote those styles and those guidelines. These beers have been around for eons. Mm-hmm. And to carry on that tradition, I find honor. Um, so, so to brew a traditional English IPA is brewing a piece of history for me. Okay. I love it. I, lo- I love that passion. Um, so how did you end up in Modesto? I know it's a little bit complicated story, but how did you end up here with us in Modesto? Sure. So so we we started out as Renegade Brewing Supplies in Turlock. Uh, and as we progressed into what we are now, a, a brewery as well, um, Turlock has, has interesting zoning regulations, so it just wouldn't work for what we wanted to do. Mm. We, uh, I, I guess you can call it the, the planets aligned, the universe sent out good energy. Serendipity. We, there you go, serendipity. Uh, we met George, the, the owner and founder of, of Crust and Crumb in Turlock, and he came and approached us and said, hey, you know, you guys are making really good beer. I've had, had your beer at different places. Um, what would it take to get your beer in my restaurant? And we kind of went through the licensing, what it would take. He said, okay, I got this building in, in Modesto. Um, you guys are more than welcome to use it. And uh, in, in return, um, we can work on getting some private label stuff. And of course, um, 
it's 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 not as simple as that. There's still tied house laws and things that need mm-hmm. to be followed. Um, but in the partnership agreement, we're able to do some private label stuff for him, and and he provides us basically a place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's that's the first place our beer usually ends up is is uh, is is in in crust and crumb. Um, so uh, that's. Uh, that's 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 the story of how we how we got from Turlock to Modesto, and we still are the homebrew shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so so people can come in and, and learn how to do this hobby, and all of our recipes are open source. They can come pick up a recipe and, and make it themselves. Um, but now it's it's I guess a little bit more two dimensional. Instead of just the homebrew shop, we are also now Desert Fox Brewing Company. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, so what you all just heard. So we're enjoying this beautiful day. Uh, we haven't had good weather plus breathable air in a long time so we are recording outside and we, we just had some we just had a guy just walk by he's like i want to be here so that's what you heard is an this, urban outdoorsman basically yeah urban outdoorsman yeah <laughs> i love that term um so that, that's just what you get when you record outside with with that being said we are a community brewery mm-hmm. um we are here to serve our community whether our community is of the right mind or not we are here to serve them right um so if that's our community we're happy to serve them (laughs) (laughs) just gotta have the money right right Right. absolutely i don't think i have anything to add to that (laughs) megan's sitting here going no (laughs) (laughs) so one of the one of the reasons why we're here and we'll get into it down the line is you're getting right you're working out you're preparing for your official grand opening on october 10th right and but your beer is still available around Stanislaus County. Um, would you mind going into detail where where people who aren't wanting to wait until October 10th, sure. where they can find you? Yeah, so so it's a little tough with, with um, you know, our pandemic restrictions and things like that, indoor dining being restricted. Uh, we're doing what we can to get our beer out there. We have an amazing brand ambassador who works out of Merced County. Um, I'm not sure if he's set up too many accounts out there, but as that progresses, we'll let you know. As far as Stanislaus goes right now, um, we've got a keg out at uh, Grizzly Rock, so so they're going to have Tranquility. We're going to run a Tranquility out to them tonight. And last I heard, they're doing an outdoor event on Tuesday where that might be featured. I, I don't know, so, so I can't speak to what they're doing, but that's just the information we were given. Um, as far as, as uh, beyond that, we're trying to set up accounts. Unfortunately, it's a little hard being that restaurants aren't selling beer as quickly as they would like, so mm-hmm. they're not buying beer as quickly as we would like. Right. Um, but we are available at Crust and Crumb. Right, Crust and Crumb. Crust and Crumb is, is acting almost as our tap room. Mm-hmm. And so if folks go down there and ask for the Crust and Crumb labeled beers, the Crust and Crumb Cream Ale, the Crust and Crumb IPA, and the Crust and Crumb Stout eventually, well, eventually next week, it's in the mm-hmm. bright tank now. Um, those three will be available by next week out, out at Crest and Crumb, and they're at 428 East Main Street in Turlock. And obviously, you can buy growlers here at right. 400 Ice Street. Right. So we we do we we do growler sales out of here, and then um, as as we progress, the food trucks will come out and we'll start doing pipes. But nice. we we do growler sales, and and of course, you can try before you buy. Law allows us to give you give you a couple ounces mm-hmm. um, before you commit to a growler sale. So if you'd like to come in and try some beer and take some home, that's that's how we're doing business primarily right now. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So you did mention, so you do have a food truck already lined up for the 10th. Yeah. Do you mind sharing who that is? Yeah, so please. I, I don't want to get the name wrong. Um, it's a place called Talca Fiesta, I believe. They're based in, Tur- in Modesto. Um, they're actually very kind people, and uh, they were generous enough to just partner with us. We still have the feelers out for some other taco trucks because that's a very... It's a... Um, it's a tight niche group of people and um, we're trying to get more of a, a variety of food out for our customers. Perfect. And you know, you're starting off with uh, Mexican food. Mm-hmm. That's never a bad idea. One thing I know from being a beer drinker myself is beer and Mexican food is never a bad idea. Right. So um, I'm, we'll get into the specific beer in the second half of the show, but I, I have been sampling your beer uh, this afternoon and one of these, I, I think your uh, Foxtrot IPA. Yes. So I'd actually uh, that has Torta written all over it. Yeah. So I mean, um, 
that that might blow your palate out of the way. It's 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 70 IBUs on paper. In reality, with dry hops and everything, it's probably sitting about 80 IBUs, 90 IBUs. Mm-hmm. Honestly, from what science and schooling has told us, anything past 70 IBUs, your palate that can't register. Oh, okay. Um, so we just know that that's a very hot forward beer, um, but it's also I think pretty malt balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just a hot bomb. It comes in at 7% with a little bit of crystal malts in there, a little bit of Munich, mm-hmm. some German malts, and a little bit of, little bit of Maris Otter to, to balance it out and round it out and really give it, give it, a, give it some body. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, those hops would dominate, and that, that would be way up. Right. But you're right. Torta, um, any of your spicy foods, this, mm-hmm. this beer would pair extremely well with Yeah. <laughs> Um, at Crust and Crumb, I think when, when we put together their, their menu pairing, we uh, suggested anything spicy. Um, this would go well with like a roast beef sandwich, mm-hmm. um, maybe a pastrami, yep. um, or a meatloaf type thing. And uh, that's that's pretty much where it worked on a la carte beer. It's actually not a bad a la carte no, Not at all. Mm-hmm. One thing I definitely wanted to touch on this afternoon is... There's uh, more of a punk rock like attitude to what you're doing, right? And so would you want to give us a sense of how your brain works and like your your attitude and your um, how you're approaching this business? Because <laughs> how you do it is, it, I mean, I, I've been blessed. I get to meet brewers, um, but no one talks like you do. So I just want you to use your own words to. Well, it has been a little ad hoc, to say the least. <laughs> right, and and so we, um, I guess we are fortunate enough to say, you know what, we're independent. If you don't like what we're doing, there's other breweries. Mm-hmm. Go find them. Um, we put out the beer that made us brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, that made us love beer. Right, and and so that's that's more of your English style, your German style. That's where we got our beer education. That's where we came from. That's that's what we'd like to pay homage to. At least me, uh, Megan has her own style that, that she brings to the team. Um, I would love to make more loggers, but we just don't have the tank space right now. Right, and that that should change as as we progress. But but you mentioned the punk rock attitude. I I call it more um, free will. I'm I'm gonna do what I want to do when I want to do it, mm. and. If people want to buy it, cool. If not, um, well, we'll figure that out when it when it comes. So, I mean, we're 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 gonna do what we want to do when we want to do it as to the style that we want to do it. But we also understand that there needs to be a balance of what the customer wants and what we can produce. So, you know, in this area, uh, we see that a lot of the Mexican light lagers selling really well, the German lagers, the American light lagers. So that's where we bring in things like tranquility and we throw our own spin on it going, yeah, we can produce for the market that likes these things, but we can do it in our own independent way and not really answer to any distributors, not answer to anybody but ourselves and our customers. Um, and that's that's what we stand for is uh, we, we are an open source brewery and, and we're here for our customers and, and that's it. I love it. And one thing I want to make sure we touch on before we go to break and get into the actual beer is one thing that I know that's super important to both of you, both of you is the educational process of it. Um, we didn't touch on it yet, but you also are a beer supply store too. So right. why, don't you, why don't you just enlighten us about the beer education aspect to what you do? Yeah, so, so Megan and I opened uh, Renegade Brewing Supplies in, in the uh, beginning of 2016, I think it was. Um, and, and she's pretty much headed that, that project and done extremely well and made, made it possible for us to grow into a one-barrel nano and not have to go, hey, can we get a loan to do this? Um, we, we, we grew naturally and with, our, with the help of our community. Um, and if, if you wouldn't mind talking about what Renegade really is and the education. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Considering we have the coronavirus going on, we haven't really been able to do any of the classes that we used to. Um, We're still up in the air about doing that kind of thing. But if you do decide that you would like to get into the brewing hobby um, or winemaking for that matter, we do actually do one-on-one consulting for, I believe, $20 an hour. Um, but once the coronavirus is over, we are considering going back to classes, but usually it goes from everything from beginning brewing, I've never boiled water, to, hey, I'm interested in yeast washing, 
and everywhere in between. But usually who we talk to is going to be, hey, I have a bunch of grapes in my backyard and I don't know what yeast to use, or hey, how do I get into home brewing? And that's what we're here for. Awesome. Um, I hope to someday utilize that and have the time when the coronavirus is not a thing. I can tell you already, I can boil water. So that's awesome. Just know that when I come back as a customer in that realm, your starting point is the step after boiling water. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I think we should bring Uppy in and, and do do a full brew day with him and get an Uppy beer in here. There you go. Yes, yes, um, we did it. I think um, we can do that. <laughs> uh, I, I love where your head's at. I fully 100% endorse that idea. And um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we have four wonderful beers we're going to talk about. We're going to completely get geeky about it. Um, I think Megan's ready to. And that's what we're going to do, and it's going to be awesome. So stick with us, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Hope everyone enjoyed the break. Um, so now we're getting into the beers, and we got several. Um, we're going to start with what is the flagship cream ale. Um, right. It's called Tranquility. It is. Yes. And you wrote down it comes in at 5%. It is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you take it away from here. I was like, uh, what did, how did you come upon this recipe, and what's your, what was your inspiration to do this recipe? And would you mind on this? Just get nerdy. I'm, I'll just say get nerdy. I, I, say whatever you want to say about it. It's going to change a little bit. It and, will. I mean, we're, we're still in our a little bit. Uh, we're still kind of, and that's what I love about being a thing funky is we can, we can do what we want to make beer how we want it. Um, but to be quite honest, um, you are probably tasting the... The USO5, which is the yeast, but that is a cold fermenting beer. It's our our answer to a nice lager that you'd usually get in Europe, but in the valley, uh, we needed something that would ferment out pretty quickly, but give you a nice refreshing bite to it. The current rendition of the recipe has corn in it, but that's probably going to be cut in half just because it gives this weird full body flavor if it's not um, finished out correctly. Is there a term for that? Because um, I mentioned it before, and I don't want to use the term I thought because I don't want to misrepresent what that taste is. But yeah, so so diacetyl, diacetyl yeah. is is a, it's kind of a tricky beast when we're dealing with a beer this light. Uh, Meg, Megan does an amazing job of, of keeping our cellar under control and trying to get that out of there. Um, but there's this this is a finicky beer. We we have to put a 90 minute boil on it. Mm-hmm. Where traditionally we're 60 minute boils. Um, to, to drive off some of the compounds found in the lighter malts because this is such a light beer. We're, we're going to taste everything that goes wrong with it. Um, so Megan mentioned taking some of the corn out. The corn, while it's appropriate in the recipe, it adds a little bit to... The body. Yeah, it adds to the body, the slickness on the tongue, that diacetyl feel we don't like. Uh, diacetyl is, is an off flavor created during fermentation. Of, of, of colder beers and, and it can produce kind of this weird buttery popcorn flavor. Um, by reducing some of the corn in this recipe, I think we can pull some of that out too, some of that perceived flavor. And if, if we eliminate all the corn, which I'd be good with, and instead throw in like a corn sugar at the end of the, the boil, we'll dry the beer out where it needs to be almost like a lager German, German Pilsner style beer, which is kind of what we're shooting for. but with the Central Valley spin on it where we're using a Chico yeast mm-hmm. at, at our at our valley temps almost. Um, we'll see we'll see how that goes. But Megan does a, an amazing job getting the, the yeast up to where they need to be, healthy enough to ferment at, at such an ungodly cold temperature for, for a Chico yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, and and still come out with a pretty clean beer. It's it's a work in progress, but it's it's I'm I'm actually happy with where it is right now. And before your listeners give us crap for having corn in our beer, you'd be surprised what beers do actually have corn as an additive in the recipe. So mm-hmm. that's pretty standard for it a Mexican lager too, right? Mexican lager uses yeah. a lot of maize, as you will, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, so yeah, it's just amazing to have it uh, pronounce itself in a different way that I, as a consumer, have never tried. But sure. Mm-hmm. What I do appreciate about it is, you know, we're coming up on a weekend here. We're, we're going to see temperatures close to 100 again. Right. This is the first thing everyone's going to because mm-hmm. it's it lighter, but it's super crisp. Um, one of the most amazing things about this beer is there's it's absent in aftertaste. Right. So so we we did say, you know, this, this is our flagship beer only because 
when, when Megan and I formed this company, Megan's 50% owner, she came in and she, she said, you know what, okay, my, my prospect or my vision for this company is in a world of IPAs, why not be a check mm-hmm. Um So I said, unfortunately, we don't have the space to do that or the tank to do that, but what we can do is this amazing cream. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is kind of our way of, of introducing sort of an American light lager without going through the entire process of the lagering phase. And we get to pay the price for that too. Mm-hmm. In the fact that not every recipe comes out the way we want right. it to. Um, but this beer does good, you're right, it goes extremely well with uh, any anything. If you want to make a michelada, this beer is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, tacos, uh, I think we, for crust and crumb, we, we did a couple food pairings. Any type of fish or chicken, mm-hmm. uh, this beer does extremely well, or a la carte. I can see that, yeah. Um, if, if you just want to go in because it's 105 and you want to duck out of the heat and you want a nice cool beer that's not going to uh, twist your world upside down, tranquility is, is probably my answer for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, man, it's it's a it's a simple beer for uh, for for kind of a simple beer drinker. Mm-hmm. Not not in the in the aspect that it's it's, it's a very complex beer. There's a lot mm-hmm. to be found there, um, but it's also what we call our transition beer. So if you're new to the craft beer world, if you're a little bit intimidated by some of the darker beers or the hoppier beers, um, but you still want to kind of try out a craft beer, tranquility might be a good answer for you. Mm-hmm. It might be a, a familiar enough, but also complex enough to not intimidate you out of the, out of the, out of the world. And the one thing I like about the cream ale is it would have been easier for you to do a blonde ale because everyone does that, but cream ales are something you can find, but no one here locally that I'm aware of does one, so you have that chance to be that introductory uh, right. voice to that world. So. Right. Well, one of our main main mantras for our life is basically in a world of IPAs, be a check pills. Mm-hmm. So the cream ale kind of ties into that, along with a lot of the other styles that we like to focus on. I, I sense that you like to zag when everyone else zigs, basically. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Well, speaking of those IPAs that you're um, zagging from, you do have one. We do. It's called Fox Truck. Yes. So um, this is going to be your main IPA. It is. Um, in, in the sense that, that we still want to provide something for our IPA lovers. We understand that there is a demand for it, so we want to give you the best IPA we can possibly give you. And for the, for the people with the vernacular on my end, it just has that classic pine tree scent that you're wanting. The same one that I love seeing on my wife's face when she cringes. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, keep, keep going on. I just wanted yeah, to make I'm, sure that everyone knows I'm that. I'm actually going to grab the recipe so I can talk about it. Oh, perfect. Um, there's so many hops that go in this beer, I can't, I can't always remember them off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And they do change sometimes. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a, it, it is our, one of our biggest beers. It, it comes in at 7%. Uh, it has a nice big malt bill. Uh, an American, American barley is, is, is the backbone of this beer. Um, we're throwing a little bit of, of Munich malt into it, just because I do appreciate the German styles, and I love Munich. It provides a really nice, almost a bready, round uh, mouthfeel while still giving us enough fermentables. Uh, there's some Crystal 60 going in there, so Crystal malts are, are toasted and kilned at a higher percentage and degree than our pale malts. Uh, we're not getting a lot of fermentable sugars out of them, but what we get is is a level of readiness or toastiness uh, to complement kind of that big tiny blast. Nice uh, big chewiness. Right. So so our goal is to balance a beer. If I'm going to give you a 7% hot bomb, mm-hmm. it's got to be balanced. Right. Um, so the first thing I do is, is create the really nice big round malt bill to lay these hops on top of. Mm-hmm. Uh, hops are kind of the spice of brewing, so we don't, you know, we want to use them a little subtly, mm-hmm. but in an IPA, they, they kind of, they, 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 people think they dominate the stage, but they really shouldn't. They should play nicely with everybody else, um, but stand out in their own way. And so the hops that we're, we're throwing in there, it's a 90-minute boil. So, so a 90-minute IPA, so we're throwing in some Horizons up to about 70 IBUs. Um, IBUs being international bittering units, that's how beer is measured on, on its bitterness scale. Uh, so, so to start off, we're, we're throwing in a charge of, of Horizons up to... 70 IBUs, and then we go with a classic Columbus. It's a classic American sea hop. Mm-hmm. It provides kind of a pine tar, um, resiny, earthy mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and we're doing that for about 30 minutes. So, so into that 90 minute boil after, after 60 minutes, we, uh, we throw in that charge of, of Columbus. And then we're not doing anything until our, our Whirlpool. So Whirlpool, we kill the heat. Uh, we start going, we, we kick on our pump and, and it creates kind of your bathtub effect mm -hmm. where it pushes all of our hops to the center of our kettle so we're not, we're not clogging our chiller. But it's a great opportunity to, to start pulling some of those really cool beta acids that are responsible mm -hmm. for, the, for the aromas of our hops. And, and, and we do that between a, about 190 and 180 degrees. And so at Whirlpools, um, we're, we're throwing in a charge of Apollos um, for, for, for 10 minutes. And then we'll, we'll do a charge of Mosaics at, at five minutes when we're down around at 180. Mm -hmm. uh, once we're all finished with that, we roll into the fermentation tank. Megan takes it from there. Uh, she, she takes custody of, of the, um, the batch. It, it goes in with standard American ale yeast, US05. Uh, she does a really healthy starter. It's a 7% beer, so we've got to build those yeast up. Mm -hmm. um, we ferment. What's your, what's your fermentation temp on that guy? I think that was 62. Yeah, so, so we're a little, a little bit up on the fermentation temps. That's where the apricot and some of the grapefruit mm -hmm. aromas come from, is those yeast characters, the esters. Uh, then we get a charge of, of dry hops, meaning we, in the middle of fermentation, we open up the lid on the fermenter and we throw a handful of, of hops in. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that's an old, old IPA practice. Uh, and that brings out really the, the nose of the beer, and that's coming from mosaic hops that come in uh, late, late into the, the dry hop process. Uh, from there, it gets, uh, gets taken up to about 70 degrees for a diacetyl rest to blow off any, any weird fermentation flaws and then drop down to 35 when it hits the, the bright tank. And that's it. It's, it's, a, it's a complex beer, but it's a lot of fun to brew. And I'll say, as being a huge IPA fan myself, I mean, it just has that classic IPA feel. Like, I mean, you nailed that recipe, and you're going to be selling out of it. Yeah, that's our hope. <laughs> He's um, been working on yeah. that recipe for 15 years. So, oh, okay. so, so a little history about that beer is it was the first big IPA I did as a home brewer. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't done it since. I, I watched it roll down my driveway as I broke the carboy. Um, the carboy being a big glass jug mm -hmm. that yeah. would ferment and, and I bumped it on our chest freezer and it ran all down our driveway. And I haven't done an IPA since like that. And, um, Just a strange side note, that was the first beer and the last beer I ever smelled black pepper right. on his beer. And <laughs> I haven't smelled it on any of our beers since then. Um, so that was kind of a recreation of this recipe, and I, I'm really happy with it. Um, being that, that I shouldn't be able to break any equipment right now, making this recipe, I felt pretty confident to do it. And uh, it turned out, I mean, it's it's um, not even really fully released yet, and we've already sold a few growlers of it, so we're doing okay. <laughs> you are, yeah. I mean, that one, just make sure you always have it, because right. the hop heads are always going to want that. And Absolutely. It's going to pair well, especially when you get that Mexican food trucks out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that has yeah. like a that has like a uh, an El Pastor like torta kind of feel to right. it. Right, like it, it's going to pair really well with some pork. It is that. so so it is. You're right. It is a classic IPA, and and in the sense, you know, I I would look at uh, somebody like Sierra Nevada with mm -hmm. Torpedo or uh, Dust Bowl with Hops of Wrath, and and go, you know, those those guys nailed it. Why reinvent the wheel? Right. Um, kind of take what I like from those beers and build on it, and that's exactly. that's where Fox Trot. Yeah, not reinvent, but just uh, reimagine almost. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Um, I, I like to throw a little bit of a, of a more citrus mm -hmm. aroma into my beers, um, so so I can take those two great beers and kind of build on on what they provided us and, mm -hmm. and make it my own. Yeah. And uh, that's 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 where I had a lot of fun. Um, but you're right. As far as pairing, this this is going to go really well with any of your spicy foods. Mm -hmm. um, extremely well with your beef or uh, you know more more of your hearty. Um, Maybe a spicy chicken, spicy beef, salsa, definitely chips and salsa. Like a habanero. There you go. Yeah. Uh, down at Crust and Crumb, this is their 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 um, private label IPA. So it's Crust and Crumb IPA. Uh, if you go down there and get a pastrami sandwich or, or a roast beef, man, this this will knock it out of the park. Oh yeah. Beer. I look forward to trying it there too because yeah. I never heard of Crust and Crumb before. I obviously don't get out of Modesto very often, so right. Um, I have something new to try now. So um, awesome. Thank you for all the insight. And then one that. I guess you you did say can be purchased now um, is 
Foxy Lass? Yes, Are so you? Foxy Lass is, um, as you can see, we kind of have fun with our names. Mm -hmm. So Foxy Lass is our dry Irish stout. Uh, George from Creston Crumb approached us and, and he had Strikes uh, stout on top and he said, dude, it's awesome, everybody loves it, but it's an 11% stout, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, his customers aren't really the 11% stout kind of folks. Mm -hmm. So he wanted that flavor, but a very moderate amount of something you can actually eat food with, sure. right? Yeah. Right. That isn't a meal of itself. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's that's where Foxy last Megan kind of had this old dry Irish stout recipe laying around that we've brewed a few times. And so when George asked for that, I thought, man, I got just the thing for you. Mm -hmm. um, so we knocked out this this little this little Irish stout. It's super simple. Um, I actually don't know much about the recipe. Would would you mind talking about your stout? To be quite frank, I don't remember except for maybe two specialty grains along with some Maris Otter. And then, funny side note, I was brewing by myself a week ago and I forgot to add the hops during the boil. Right. So it's a it's a it's a stout without hops. So it was a fuck up that sorry <laughs> to say that I don't really know if your listeners like F bombs. We but use them frequently. Nice. But I'm glad I'm with my people Gen then. Generally we don't make it much more than ten seconds through the show before someone says it, so you're fine. <laughs> anyway, so I got through the boil, Luke was with customers, and I was just chugging away in the brew house, and then all of a sudden, 10 minutes before the end of the boil, I look over and I see a nice big glass of hops, and I thought I'd ruined our brew day. So in, in, in the end, we just did a 10-minute whirlpool, which kind of gave us the nose and a little bit of the extra hop bitterness, but it's a totally different beer than if we had intendedly uh, boiled with the hops for a full hour. It's a lot lighter, it's a lot cleaner, um, but you still get the aroma that we had intended. So, so my question, I have one quick question about that. Mm -hmm. Since this is going to be released to the public, I mean, we can show up right now and buy yeah. it. If it's received really well, do you sit there and think, I screwed that part of the process up, but since it worked, do I keep it? Sort well, of. That's the beautiful thing about brewing. If you take good enough notes, if it's a screw up, you can recreate anything you want oh, okay. as long as people like it. So if you get 100 people showing up saying, I Definitely. love this recipe. You're gonna sit there and say, "All right, I what? made a note that I forgot to do this until right. this point." Let's then... do this. So, so you can see, I, I have kind of our this. These are my brew day notes. Mm -hmm. um, my my notes actually go quite more extensively. I have a spreadsheet of about 25 different pages for each beer we brew mm -hmm. as it progresses through the brew house. Um, when Megan did that, she she thought I was gonna kind of lose my mind. I'm like, "All right, no big deal. We're we're gonna boil down." So we'll boil an extra 30 minutes, we'll do a 30 minute charge, it's not a big deal, it's not an overly hopped beer, it'll be fine. Um, when we recreate that beer, I've already made a note, we're going to do that again, mm -hmm. but we're going to split the hop bill in half, we'll do a 30 at 60 and we'll do a 30 at 30, because I like the way that turned out. It's great, there's so many great qualities about it, because it's going to give you that flavor you want. Mm -hmm. We have already established it's not going to fill you up, right. mm -hmm. so you can actually eat food with it. And I imagine it would also work if you get that rare person that comes in and says, I don't like hoppy beer, could you maybe take them down that avenue since? Yeah, and it's not as rare as you think. There, okay. there, are, there are about, I'd say, 40% of our consumers that come in and say, I don't like hoppy beer. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, that's why we make not hoppy beer. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a hophead by trade. That's what I love. I dig it. So, so I, I can brew for for my people. Uh, Megan's a big malt malt girl, mm -hmm. and she brews for her people. That's that's why we've always had two, at least two taps now. Four. Mm -hmm. uh, we each have our beers on tap. I want to throw something out there that might blow the people's minds. Yeah. If you have any kind of dark beer at all, like say I don't know, uh, Tonka Stout from BJ's. There you go. Or even the tiny little stout that we have over here. Go get yourself a nice big scoop of vanilla ice cream and make yourself a beer float. It'll blow your fucking mind. <laughs> All right. Duly noted. It's yeah. delicious. Um, so so with, with these English and the big multi beers, I, I am the lead brewer, but I still, I, I believe a, a good leader relies on excellent resources. So I, I come back to Megan. I'm like, hey, what malts work with this? Mm -hmm. And then I'll build a hot bill. And, and we just work really well as a team that way. Um, I, I delegate to our team a lot because they're they're creative, and I love taking what they have to offer. Mm -hmm. and, and we can sit down and, and just come up with something that works really well. Mm -hmm. um, even if it's a failure, we'll make it work somehow. We'll we'll learn from it. Right. So, right. Uh, 
it's it's fun. We we are small enough to just have fun, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. that's what I like, man. Right. We come to work every day. Megan and I look at each other. We're like, whoa, we actually work. Do we pay ourselves for this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the point of having a career, right? Right. <laughs> um, and and we go home sometimes, and we're like, whoa, shoot, man. It's our off day. What do you want to do? I don't know. You want to go to work? You want to you want to go do something? You want yeah. to go clean the brew house? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have some paperwork, but let's go brew instead. Right. Hey, why not? Why not? Yeah. Um, so we have one more good one that's not available yet, but it's going to be available by the 10th, right? For yes, your- absolutely. And this one's uh, Foxy English. So- it is. It is an ESP. And I'm, I'm going to shut up and let Megan talk about an ESP because I, I don't even know anything about the style. Oh, goodness. Well, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> Honestly, the ESB is just a nice little pub ale um, that you would usually get in Britain. People in America typically like to give the English styles a hard time because they're usually fermented a little bit warmer. They're served a little bit warmer. They're not as widely carbonated as American mm-hmm. beers, and they're a little bit fuller. Mm-hmm. So, whereas um, the stout kind of tastes like coffee in a glass, Mm-hmm. Uh, the ESB tastes a little bit like chewing on some bread, and um, it's actually a quite enjoyable beer. Um, it's just not, if it's not done well, then it's not as widely well received. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's done with Maris Otter, a nice big charge of Kent Goldings for about 60 minutes, and... We, we dry hop with a fuggle. I don't remember what our specialty green is, but... There, there's not much. It's a, it's a C85, or C80. Oh yeah, I don't usually uh, brew with a bunch of crystal malts. Um, we are we also differ on that on that aspect. Luke likes crystal malts, which he says typically sweetens up beers a lot. I like to get my color and flavor from other avenues, usually Munich or Vienna or biscuit malts, and it's just our styles. Yeah, it, it allows me to be an Ameri- a, a lazy American brewer, um, which is. Crystal malts, that's who, who they're made for. I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time boiling work down to a specific color or toasting malts. Or I love the fact that I, I can have an artist in the brew house who loves to do that um, because her product reflects her, her passion in doing that. Um, my art dances around in hops, hops and yeast and water. Right. So, so I treat all of our water, I build all, water is, is kind of our unsung hero mm-hmm. around yeah. here. The more you know about water, the less you know about water. I know it sounds <laughs> stupid, but yeah, water can fuck up a beer. Oh yeah, oh, t- tremendously. Um, so, so, so a lot of my time is spent researching water, nitrates, sulfates, where, where these beer styles originate, where they come from, mm-hmm. why they originated from where they did is usually indicative of to their water profile. Um, it's not like the Irish woke up one day and said, we're Irish, we're gonna make stouts. Right. They went through a process and they realized, well, the grains that we have available to us seem to work with the water that runs behind our brew house. <laughs> so we're gonna make that work. And so we can make it work. And I think it, it really brings not only history, but also that third level of dimension into our beers. <laughs> where you can go, whoa, there's something going on here that I don't normally taste other places. Stop mm-hmm. telling people we put magic in our beer. Right. <laughs> I'm fine with that too. Yeah. What's your secret? Magic. 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 <laughs> That's what we add. Um, so yeah, we, we do. We, we, I take a lot of, a lot of pride in, in, our, in our water. We strip down and, and start with DI water, deionized water. So it's basically H2O as pure as it can be. Um, and that was my first beer job in this place, actually, was buying water every week and trying to fit 30 gallons of water in the back of a little Kia just sucks. <laughs> right. I mean, it works, but not the way you'd want it. My back right. wasn't happy about yeah. it. And, Thank and you for the RO system, by the way. Yeah, so what some people may not understand is, is brewing is quite um, wasteful mm-hmm. when it comes to water. It is. We, we may use you know, 200 gallons to come out with 30 gallons of beer. Um, on, on our DI system, we, we are a one to four loss right there. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we get to collect one gallon out of every four. And, but it's not saying that we just take that four and toss it. Unfortunately, sometimes we do, but we try and repurpose it. So we'll use it for cleaning. Uh, we use it for, for chilling, um, for, for other things before it gets discarded. But what we want for our beer to start out is just pure H2O. We'll, we'll start with, um, Calcium carbonate, magnesium, sulfates, uh, Epsom salts. Yeah, 
whatever to build Chunk. these waters up to to the mineral content of, of that where they originate because mm -hmm. these beer styles I want to hold true to where they originate. So uh, that's 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 my job aside from filing paperwork is building water and then moving this through and make some really really nice products. And sometimes take the sledgehammer to the grain mill because it's not working well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so being independent also means we get to a lot a lot of times design and build and repurpose our own equipment yeah. um, not going to the bank with our hands out has has consequences as well mm -hmm. and so we get to go all right well how are we going to sanitize 60 cakes how are we going to buy 60 cakes mm -hmm. um, those all have their <laughs> their own challenges hey luke was genius though he repurposed our seventeen thousand dollar brew system and turned it into a keg washer so that's impressive because usually those things cost like what five to ten thousand dollars a piece. Yeah, they're not cheap. They're not cheap, but he's actually found a lot of really good ways to make this place run when we could have easily gone to Tapped Apple or to Contentment and asked, Can we wash our cakes here? <laughs> yeah, not Please? saying we don't we don't have a great relationship with folks right down the road. We it's do. wonderful, but we pride ourselves on being independent. We mm -hmm. need to be self reliant and we're doing yeah. a pretty darn good job. Right. So we're humble, we're small, we, we sell a few growlers here and there, but we're self-sustaining and that's, that's at the end of the day, that's our goal. Yeah. And anyone who's willing to listen will learn something along the way as well, too. Which is, well, I hope. Which I really appreciate about this interview is there's that educational piece where you've used the terminology that actually means something and that maybe someone heard something they don't know what it was, but they're going to Google it and then they're going to get that further education. Right. Hey, we know the big words and we know how to use them too. <laughs> right. Yeah, and if you guys want to learn them, come on down and have a beer with us, man. We'll we'll, we'll educate you humbly and not judge you. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm proof. I've been here for all afternoon and I've not been judged once and then I've tried to retain as much information as I can. Please just don't ask Lou for seltzer water, please. Yeah, don't. He will probably throw you out like a midget being tossed. <laughs> you'll, you'll never probably meet our um, one of our co-hosts, Dodger. He loves his seltzers. So you'll probably never meet him. But if you ever want to attach a name to it that's not yours, you know he's using it. So my, my <laughs> thing with the seltzers is I, 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 I talk a lot of smack about them. But as an artist, I, I have a hard time with them. Um, Germany passed a law eons ago called the Rheinheistum Law which specifies what can con con constitute beer. Mm -hmm. And it is clearly written that beer must consist of yeast, water, malt, and hops. Um, there's only two of those ingredients in seltzer, so therefore I don't consider it beer, so I can't, as a brewer, feasibly do it. Um, not saying I don't respect the product, it's just not really my avenue mm -hmm. and, and where I want to focus my attention. For those of you that, that want a seltzer, um, make it come in here and i'll teach you i'll go buy one there's many fine fine versions on the market right. these days yeah. um one thing i want to make sure i mention megan thank you for that tidbit that you threw in there about uh the bread on the mm -hmm. english ale because uh i know i could taste something but i didn't i didn't know what it was so yeah. i wouldn't have come up with that on my own but once you mentioned it i was like oh yeah like, same thing with the corn before on uh, Tranquility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I knew it tasted something, but I didn't know what it was. So that's what I love about these conversations is yeah, that you, should... you have the ability to provide the context that yeah. my poor tongue can't come up with. On, You'd so. be surprised, though, because there have been times I've let the Tranquility sit in the kegerator for a month. Mm -hmm. And then I pour a sample. And it was, wasn't until recently that I smelled apple juice which is another flavor profile in, in what is possible to get, but that's also, I think, the citric acid. But um, when mm -hmm. the CO2 levels uh, get higher and the beer's a little bit uh, more mellowed out and aged, mm -hmm. sometimes you'll get completely different flavor profiles than what you'd originally come up with. Mm -hmm. That's why IPAs are better when they're fresher, just because the, the hops mellow out and then they start blending in together, kind of like wine does when you let it age in a barrel. Yeah. Awesome, so, uh, before we close out today, I just want to make sure you have the chance to just say whatever you wanted to promote yourselves. Uh, the air is yours, as it were, and uh, talk about maybe October 10th a little bit, or whatever you want. Yeah, so October 10th, we'll be doing our grand opening. That's, um, un unfortunately, we, we, we can't offer as many seats as we'd like with social distancing. You know, we've got to be responsible. Um, 
but we do have about 15 seats available and and so if folks want to rotate in and out uh, we'll have taco fiesta uh -huh. um, out here from two to six on uh, october 10th we'll have the four beers that were talked about today so we'll have foxtrot ipa foxy lass uh, stout uh, foxy english uh, esp and the tranquility of course will all be available um, by the pint, by the growler, however you want to do it, and then... Obviously, um, growlers are for sale and can be, you know, purchased and taken home. Yeah, so so Wednesday through Saturday from 10 a.m. To, to 5 p.m., we're, we're doing growler fills. Uh, you guys are more than welcome to come in and get growlers of anything we have on tap at that point, but it's, it's going to be... Um, I think it's going to be the weekends that we're going to focus on for, for the pints, so if you guys want to come out and get some good food and pints, we're going to do our best to, to partner up with some local vendors, food vendors, and get them out here and get serving some food that, that matches up with our beer. Um, other than that, we are uh, we're a small local brewery that, that really focuses on traditional beer-flavored beer. Flavored beer. Um, so, so if you've ever wondered what English-style beer really is about, um, or, anything, is, or anything that we have on tap, yeah. Uh, English, German, or old American style traditional beer, this is probably the, the easiest place, at least in within the valley, to come mm -hmm. and figure it out. But please don't let Luke uh, tease you into thinking that we only do older styles. We have an amazing juicy that is actually like walking into Jumba Juice and ordering a beer. It is actually phenomenal. I forget about that. It's my beer. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's sitting at, what, 7%? Yeah, well, it, it bounces. It, it can go 5 to 7 depending on, on how I feel. Um, yeah. But it actually, it's pretty cool. So so Galaxy Hops uh, just, just made their way back into, into Renegade Brewing Supplies, which is kind of cool. Um, if, if the customers don't come in and buy them, I'm going to buy them and start slamming them into that juicy yeah. IPA um, that, uh, that Megan's talking about. But yeah, that's called Juicy Lucy. We're going to knock that out. You got that coming up pretty soon to brew, huh? On Wednesday. Right. So we're going to knock out the juicy IPA. I'm assuming that will also be available when you when you have your opening. I, I wish hoping. I could commit to that. Um, I I, I think so. Yeah, I'd like it to, but it's it's got kind of a strange hop schedule. <laughs> that uh, it's it's a it's a strange beer. These these hazy IPAs are are fickle. Um, they want to ferment fast, and they're cool. They're they're happy. They're done fast. But they don't hang out well. So, so once those those hops start to go south, man, that, that beer starts to change and, and go south really fast. So it's not a beer I brew very often unless I know it's going to move because it's not one I can hang out in the cellar for very long. Um, but being the time of year it is, I don't think we'll have a problem with it. Well, so, so everyone at home, make sure you come down. Uh, Desert Fox Brewing is at 400 I Street. Come have some great beers. Meet some phenomenal pe people. Uh, Luke and Megan are as genuine as they get, and also learn something along the way too, because education is good for all of us. Um, it doesn't hurt to know how your beer gets made and um, all the slave labor that went into getting it to your mouth. So make sure you come out and support them. Uh, you won't be disappointed. And uh, again, for me personally, um, thank you for thank you both for letting me and Little Uppy hang out literally all afternoon. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Our pleasure, man. Anytime. Uh, looking forward to growing with you and uh, having many beers and many conversations along the way. Well, thanks for coming by. And Little Uppy is actually really sweet. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have to do something where where we come in and brew an Uppy beer and we'll maybe I don't know. Can you broadcast the process? Maybe that'd be cool. We, we could mic ourselves up doing it. We could yeah. like talk our way through it. Absolutely. So. Um, until next time, everyone, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we wish you a good afternoon, a good evening, and good night. You gotta keep them separated.
separated. Separated. Separated. Hey, man, you're disrespecting me. Took you out. Gotta keep them separated. Hey.